Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, and now us. So check us out every Thursday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. Yo, MTG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe. And I'm Stephen Marshall. And we've got a pretty awesome show for you today. Uh, some information to pass on about the uh, upcoming competitive events. And we're going to talk about um, our preparations going into uh, the Grand Prix San Antonio that we're playing in. In uh, What's that? Two and a half weeks now, I guess? You're playing now, right? Yeah, end of the month. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 28th and 29th. Uh, hopefully 29th, <laughs> definitely 28th. <laughs> uh, it's standard, so uh, that's pretty much what we're testing from now until then. Before we even get into this, I just want to say that like tomorrow night, I'm recording with Aaron from the Deck Tease podcast, and I'm going to be on that podcast. Um, and then also, like two weeks from now, I'm recording uh, with uh, Angelo from Imp's Prison. So I'm going to be in a couple a couple podcasts coming up this month. So keep a look, keep on the lookout for those. Um, but, uh, first of all, um, there's some stuff to talk about with the PTQs and whatnot. Uh, so we're officially out of sealed PTQ season end of this month, um, which I'm very sad about because I absolutely love sealed PTQ season. It makes me upset there will not be a sealed PTQ season ever again or at least until they change things again and everyone thinks that magic is ruined um but uh in the ptq uh seasons place we're gonna have these uh preliminary ptqs that will feed into regional ptqs i'm sure everyone's fairly familiar with the uh with the process at this point but um the way it works is there are preliminary PTQs, which from here on out will be called pre-TQs because it's easier to say and uh, is just nicer. Um, each store, each season, because the seasons are still the same, like in terms of like months, beginning and end. Uh, the se- each store will get to run one pre-TQ during that season. Uh, they can pick the format between sealed, uh, standard, and modern. And... Um, the winner of a pre-TQ invited to the regional PTQ. And in the regional PTQ, um, the top four qualify for the Pro Tour or the top eight if the turnout is large enough, um, which obviously turnout is based on number of qualifications, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the promo card for the event is... Uh, Liliana of the Veil, which is absolutely sweet. Um, yeah, they wanted to reprint that one. Uh, they actually wanted to put that in M15, but uh, development realized that would make the mono black uh, menace even more oppressing during that yeah. little window. Yeah, <laughs> so. absolutely. So, um, but still a pretty sweet uh, 
consolation prize if you don't win the event, you know? Um, that's the one thing that's kind of a bummer about PTQs is you play in it. You can sit there and play for six hours and come out with nothing, you know? Um, whereas, like, you know, you get that sweet that sweet card. It's worth the trip, at least. And the regional PTQ is free, also. That's important to note. Um, so, kind of a bum deal, honestly, for the, uh, for the stores that are running them at, like, you know, some sort of event space or, uh, Does Wizards, like, just send them a check or something? Like, how does that work? I imagine they've got to be compensated in some way, because it really is a raw deal for shops if they're paying out of pocket for the space for an event that Wizards set up. You know what I mean? Like... They've got to get compensate the stores. I can't imagine they don't compensate the uh, the hosts or at least pay for the rooms. You know, I don't know. That's that's the best guess, but I don't know how that works. Um, now, uh, one special thing um, coming up in this next couple months is that we actually have one more PTQ season as well because they overlap because the PTQs will be feeding. Uh, Pro Tour Fate Reforged, and the uh, Pre-TQ is going to be feeding Pro Tour Vancouver, which I guess at this point would be, uh, um, what's the name of the new set that's coming out? Dragons of Tarkir. Dragons of Tarkir. So after Pro Tour, Fate after Reforged. Fate Reforged, right. Fate Reforged is coming out in January, and Dragons is coming out in April, I believe. Um, they're kind of, they moved everything up a month, uh, which I love. Um, so, uh, there'll be one more standard PTQ season coming up this month too. Um, and uh, we actually were able after, uh, months of scouring the internet, uh, because hmm. Lord knows you could never find it on the actual wizard site. Um, I managed to find the, um, links for the lists of events for both the, uh, preliminary PTQs and the proper PTQs. Uh, for the next couple of months. Uh, so uh, get out a pen, because I'm going to actually read these, because it's that hard to find them online. I'm going to read these, and you can go to these websites, because this is the only way you're going to find them. Uh, for the uh, pre-TQs, it's magic.wizards.com slash en slash p-o-t-q-v-a-n-1-5 slash locations. And for the <laughs> Pro Tour qualifiers, it's pretty easy. It's the oh yeah, no, no. is that HTTP? Oh yes, indeed. I still type Col it. In. Yeah, colon I... backslash backslash. I mean, yes, of course. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then the Pro Tour qualifiers list is actually easier to find. Um, that's still the same link as it was before. But this one was really hard to find. We had to f go through all sorts of hoops to find this, but we finally did. Um, now. And I'll also put that in the show notes, obviously, um, in case copying web addresses off of audio recordings is not your cup of tea. Um, also, another new um, – well, first of all, um, you know, how do you feel about the uh, this uh, thing, this whole new system? Do you think it's cool? The PPTQs? Yeah, the whole thing, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'm going to reserve judgment until I actually participate in one and then – if I do well, it's a great system. And if not, then it's horrible, and I can't believe they changed everything. <laughs> right on. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm worried of as I mean, 
there's pretty much going to be an event to go to every weekend for the next yeah which is kind of annoying but also kind of good and being able to grind those points for uh the upcoming gps in like we've got like one in may and one in october or something that are near us so like you know being able to grind uh competitive points for those is kind of a cool thing um but obviously would love to just win one and not have to worry about it yeah um sort of get it out of the way get that win and 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 you know worry about regionals uh i'll be curious to see like how big like the intense is going to be on these things yeah yeah well i'm sure there are ones you'll be able to snipe like at smaller stores well yeah like our friend peter he showed up to a gpt last <laughs> weekend that was literally eight people eight. it was just a, eight people it was just a single elimination tournament <laughs> yep yeah i won the one i won was uh was a 10 person uh <laughs> One for uh, for New Mexico, and I almost went to New Mexico too, but uh, it was right after my wedding, so that wasn't just gonna, that was not going to happen. Um, now, uh, yeah, I think it's cool. Um, really hope I can win one. I want to I want to talk about the regional PTQ in a couple months. I don't want to talk about oh man, they're playing in these uh, preliminaries was fun. I want to be like, yeah, won one of those, and then here's how the regional PTQ went. You know, that's that, that's the story I'm looking forward to telling. Um, now, uh, speaking of regionals, uh, Stephen, you told me about this new uh, Star City Games uh, series that's going on. Do you know much about that? So right now there's, I think, spring and fall states tournaments yes. that SCG has. Right. And now they're going to have regionals in winter and summer, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And these are just going to be bigger. There's, there, you know, there's a few of them. There's only 15, so one for every state. And I think it's going to have – I'm actually not sure what the price structure for the Open Series is, but there's $5,000 cash for the top eight – or $5,000 cash total. And it's like $1,200 for first. So it's like, it's a much higher uh, cash payout, I think, than states is. Yeah, for then states it sure is. But um, uh, it's the same pretty much as, a, uh, as an SCG Open. Yeah, and then you get like they have like playmat support. So the first two hundred get the uh, one of the Squirrel series playmats that has all the different Squirrel parodies. If you're into that kind of thing, uh, for the first two hundred people, and I believe it's standard. I'm not even sure, but it's winter and summer. There can never be too much magic going on, um, and not to mention the fact that one of the uh, events is in Dallas. <laughs> it's kind of nice. Yeah, that's convenient. I'm I'm not too sad about that. And actual like and it's almost close enough to real Dallas. It's not it's not SCG's like twisted version of what Dallas is. This is actually in Plano, which is close enough to Dallas for me to go, okay, fair enough. I could probably take mass transit to this. It's um, at least a suburb. It's not an entirely different like metropolitan area. It's not an entirely different county. Um anyway. I can yeah, this is actually in Dallas. So it's good. Collin County. Good for them. Oh, it, oh, is it? <laughs> technically, yeah. But it's still because I grew up there. That's oh, wow! But it's still technically there. Dallas, though. Mm-hmm. It's Dallas across because Dallas is a big city, so it's across two counties. It's a suburb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fort Worth is not a suburb of Dallas. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, but this seems pretty cool. Um, and it's February seventh. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but right now. Uh, what we're focusing on is playing standard and um, I hadn't played standard in weeks. Like we tried to record this podcast Monday. We talked for like two hours about anything but magic. And I just couldn't even get started. Um, 
but it's because I hadn't played in a couple weeks. And last night I was able to get down and dirty and play some uh, some cards. And I, I got I finally built my green black constellation deck that I'm planning on playing at uh, at San Antonio. Um, so you know, actually got to test my deck, and it, uh, and now you know. I'm pumped. I'm, I'm pumped. Oh man, the deck feels so good. Um, so you said you've been playing a couple decks. Um, I don't think I tested against any of those. I tested against. Ooh. I tested against Jeskai Aggro Combo, but not the Jeskai Tokens. So um, talk a little bit about stuff you've been playing. Yeah, so I've been playing Jeskai Tokens. It's just a slight modification of the one that got deck tech in the like just the original, the first pro tour of the season. Yeah. Um, and it was doing really well. Uh, it's just because everyone was playing these super mid range decks and blue, black control. Yeah. Um, it was just able to kind of ignore your siege rhinos by just building a huge board and then comboing off with Jeskai <laughs> ascendancy. Yeah. But now basically if you want to test against either blue, white heroic or the Jeskai heroic combo, then just just boot up Moto because it is all over the place. Oh really? So, oh yeah. So wow. I mean, Magic Online overrepresents aggressive decks to begin with, and if there's like a new and interesting deck that's also an aggressive deck and also kind of cheap to build, then you're just gonna see a ton of it. Hmm. So it, I, I initially, uh, this is like three or four weeks back, I did the the ten ten round test and went nine and one, um, and the deck felt really good but a lot of those wins were somewhat marginal uh where i just had to basically play almost perfectly and draw well uh to barely squeak out wins that like i just should not have gotten like um i think i decked a sultai whip deck um like they just they played every card in their deck essentially and just couldn't win and the thing is that with all the uh, aggro decks going around People have started bringing in Anger of the Gods, multiple Drown and Sorrows, mm. Bile Blight, stuff like that. So uh, the deck got substantially worse uh, just because of the splash damage from people reacting to all the aggressive decks. And also Boss Sly. I haven't seen that in a while, though. But a lot of people were playing aggro decks, so a lot of people were including uh, a response package within the sideboard of their mid-range decks to aggro, and that, you know... Uh, happened to hurt the token deck so i put that down for a while and i've been testing mardu mid-range and sadisi the sadisi whip deck that uh, willie adel top baited gp santiago with mm -hmm. um that's not really my style it's way too grindy i can see why he likes it since he plays jund and all other like super mid-range decks and it's really powerful but it's just not my style and it's <laughs> i obviously am used to playing aggressive decks online because i've timed out multiple times with the deck where I had like the win on board. Um, but uh, Mardu midrange is probably my favorite deck right now. I, I think it's, I think it's the best deck in the format. Um, it has almost the same strengths as uh, the Abzan midrange decks, but, and this is, this is something when I initially looked at the deck, it was Brad Nelson's list that he put up. Um, gosh, a couple GPs ago, I think. And, I was like, well, where's the Thoughtseize? It's running black, and it's a mid-range deck. Where's the Thoughtseize? Yeah. There's no, there's no Thoughtseize in the entire 75. And I realized after playing with the deck um, for, I don't know how many, I've probably logged 30 or 40 matches with it. Yeah. Um, that when you get into a... So the most common matchup at the time 
uh, the deck came out and almost still right now is Abzan midrange, although uh-huh. that popularity is declining because people are responding to it. But the midrange mirror just turns into a really long grindy game where you're going to see a whole bunch of cards and you're going to need to top deck some cards. Like you're, you're going to have to play out your hand and then some. And at that point, a Thoughtseize is just the end of the world. It's just completely useless. <laughs> uh, same with, you know, if you draw an Elvish Mystic or a Sylvan Caryatid. So I was like kind of wondering because I looked at the statistics and the Mardu midrange decks had really favorable matchups versus Zabzan midrange. And I, I realized that was the reason. They, they don't have Mana Dorks and they don't have Thoughtseize, which are just the worst top decks possible in a midrange mirror late game. Mm-hmm. So if you eliminate those, you're just drawing almost you know you're drawing gas cards that are useful at almost any stage of the game other than maybe like seeker of the way um you, that, that that's where their uh the the advantage comes in so i like that deck a lot and that's probably the one i would tune them i would i would continue tuning right now there there's a thought to actually just doing that with abzan midrange which is what happened in the last uh scg this week i saw they got rid of the elvish mystics hmm the one that won uh, by Steve Rubin at SCG, where is this, Columbus? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so they, they're they not running any uh, Elvish Mystics. They're still running the four Sylvan Caryatids and four Thoughtseize, uh, but they they brought in two Brimaz, which I really like. Uh, Brimaz nice. is just really good right now, yeah. Um, yeah, combos well with uh, Soren, and it's... It's a reaction to people playing Mardu midrange and Goblin Rebel Masters and all that, where so people are playing Lightning Strikes, which it doesn't kill that. Um, so I like that a lot. I'd, I'd even look at maybe trying to modify Abzan to maybe cut down on some of the Thought Seasons, some of the Sylvan Caryatids, and uh, upping stuff like Brimaz. It's more proactive. Yeah. Uh, I've liked that strategy a whole lot. So uh, the Mardu midrange deck I've, I've liked the most so far. And. Uh, I can see the power in this DC whip deck. It's really powerful, but it is absolutely not my style. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, with the Elvish Mystics and Green Black Constellation, I even wasn't crazy about them, which is funny. <laughs> um, although it was nice to be able to still curve out with like a turn two Skyland. You know what I mean? So I was like, yeah. turn one Mystic, and then turn two, I can play a Carry Added uh, or a. Or a um, Seder Wayfinder, and then play my um, my Temple and Scry. Now, here's a question. This came up last night when I was testing. Um, I, I had that exact turn sequence. So I went turn one, Elvish Mystic, right? And mm-hmm. then I went turn two, and this is what I thought was the better order. I went turn two, um, Seder Wayfinder, top four cards, and then played my Temple. Yeah, absolutely. You think that's the right play? Because Matt was like, you know, and Matt was just trying to, you know, ask a question so we're thinking and talking it out, you know? He's like, so why would you do that instead of playing your scry and scrying first and then, like, you know, and then hitting your thing? And and, and I get get why he asked the question, but for me, I wanted to, you know, because if I saw something I liked... In terms of like a non-land card, I know I'd have to get rid of it. You know, now if it was a whip, see now if my deck ran like a one-of whip, mm-hmm. and I went scry and I revealed the whip, I could or I scryed the whip, I could scry it to the bottom and then wayfinder and then be able to shuffle it back in when I crack a fetch. You know, nah, so that I mean that's so low 
but 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 anyway, you know, that's that is that is something that could happen. Um, but and he was like, you know, well, if you're really hard up for lands, also you can scry. If it's not a land, ship it to the bottom, and then you have a better chance of hitting a land, which I get that too. But I was just really trying to fill up my graveyard at that point for like murderous cut, um, and the land was just kind of incidental. Um, Unless you absolutely need a land, and even then, I still would take the risk. Like if I a hundred, if I was looking at my hand and I a hundred percent needed a land. Um, Hitting a land within the top four, is it? I mean, that's pretty likely, so. I never blanked on it, so, I mean, it was it was pretty sweet. The deck feels so powerful. It really does. I, I want to, I'm very tempted to put something stupid in there. I'm not going to lie. Something like, Let's uh, like, like uh, Necropolis Fiend. That's not or, stupid. Or something like Dead Drop. <laughs> Uh, something something like really because this I, I feel like my graveyard gets so full and i don't even have enough stuff to like to delve you know and necropolis fiend is a really sick card and uh yeah i got i have no no problem with like a one or two of yeah i think it might i think i might do it i just traded for a foil the other last night so i might i might actually <laughs> throw it in there um the card that I was least impressed with out of the 75 was uh, was Bile Blight out of the sideboard. And even against um, um, against like Jeskai Aggro, they always had the God's Willing. It's like, come on. But overall, man, like just Doomwake Giant, oh, it's such a beating. It's such a blowout. I had like one of the best turns. So when I was playing against Matt, he was playing um, uh, Abzan Midrange, right? Um, and, or, or maybe Abzan Reanimator. He definitely had whip in there. Um, I'm running three whips, by the way. Mm -hmm. Three whips, three Doomwake Giants main, one Doomwake in the board. I think I might just run all four, though. Because I don't think I have any buys for San Antonio, so I'm going to have to play a bunch of aggro decks. Hmm. I should probably run all four Doomwakes. Um, so, early in the game, then this was actually the same, <laughs> the same, uh, play, the same turn where I played the Wayfinder, and then I played the uh, Temple. So I did my top four, and I grabbed whatever land, I don't remember. And then I scryed, and I, I looked at um, Nykthos. And when I looked at Nykthos in my hand, I went, man, why the hell is this card in the deck? I was like, I don't know, man. I know it doesn't seem like it's even that good in this version of the deck. So I was like, shifted to the bottom, and, you know, did my thing. So later on in the game, we're sitting there. It's kind of stalling, stalling. I've got two Eidolon of Blossoms out. I've got, like, several Mana Dorks, several Seder Wayfinders. Nothing's dying. <laughs> I draw the, uh... <laughs> I draw the freaking card. The, uh, the second, uh, Nykthos. And I'm like, Oh, that's what it's for! I kept going, Oh my god. Oh my god! Oh my god! Like, I was like, This turn is gonna be nuts, dude. Oh, Wow. So, uh, so I dropped that thing. I was able to cast a do. I first, I first, I cast a doomwake, or no, I uh, whipped into play a doomwake, and then I cast my third idol on with the with the Nykthos, Drew three cards, cast a centaur, drew three cards. I was like, oh wow, this is brutal. Like it was just like 
it went from like being a grind, like to, it went from like being a close game to being not even close. Like it was just so insane how powerful it was. Um, and all that constellation and all that draw is so good. And uh, my sideboard right now, my sideboard probably will change bef- between now and the GP, but my sideboard has um, uh, four Thoughtseize and three Brain Maggot in the sideboard. Jeez. Yeah, I'm really hating on some combo. I'm not really feeling like uh, having to play against Jeskai Ascendancy. Um, but uh, but I, did, I did have a really fun, or it was interesting playing Brain Maggot against uh, Ascendancy. So I, I, I brain maggoted the first time and I saw like a God's willing and a retraction helix. So I was like, okay. So I took the retraction helix because that's obvious because you don't want to take the God's willing because then they'll just retraction helix bounce your brain maggot and then uh, be able to cast their God's willing. Um, so then I, I took or then I had a murderous cut and I had to kill their creature. And I'm like, well, they got all this stuff that can protect their creature. So um What's the what's the counter spell that's like counter target spell with four or greater? Uh, disdainful stroke. Yeah, so um, I brain maggoted again, and I saw disdainful stroke. So I took the disdainful stroke, and then I was able to murderous cut his guy. Um, but it was uh, it was really uh, it was really interesting playing that card. Uh, because I don't know, I like I like brain maggot. I almost think I want four of those and three thoughtsies in the sideboard. Just you know, playing a dedicated constellation deck, it's nice to have that option. Um, now I'm not running the uh, Court of Callings right now, hmm. and um, and I'm not necessarily sure that I miss them either. I mean, you know me in Court of Calling; it's a very just a hate hate relationship. I think I've actually used that exact phrase about it in a previous episode. Um, but I don't like the card. Uh, but instead of like running that, I'm just running a lot of consistency, just a lot of three and four ofs. Like I've got three Hornet Queen, three Doomwake Giant, three Whip, um, just pretty much everything I would want to cast. I've got enough of to to draw. Um, but uh, the deck feels so strong, and like you were saying, like with all these mid range matchups, like being so grindy. Idolana Blossoms is a player. Idolana Blossoms just takes you so far ahead. Um, I love it. I think it's really good. I don't think quarter calling is great in decks that are milling themselves because you could mill the thing you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, although, you know, like with so many, because people are playing Whip right now, like pretty mm-hmm. serious, and people are playing Jeskai Ascendancy. It makes me want to run Reclamation Sage, which, you know, and, and that's the other cool thing is you could throw a Reclamation Sage in your deck. And if you mill it, you can whip it back, which is yeah. neat. Like, I, I was thinking about that. I was like, damn, I could put them in. And it would be pretty good. Because, like, that's the thing. That's the one interesting thing I'm noticing. Playing the deck and playing against other decks that run whip, these decks have no way to get back whip. These decks can get back everything, but they can't get back whip. And I'm kind of like, some Reclamation Sage action would be pretty sexy right now. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's why the Sadisi deck... Um, it runs four whips because it's just like it, it wants the whip. It's the card, the, the one card it wants to draw. And unlike all the creatures, it can't just, you know, pseudo tutor it back up. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I'm into it. I'm into it. So you're, what are you going to play? Uh, so far, you know, you put a gun to my head, it'd probably be uh, Mardu midrange. Yeah. I'd probably just change a few things. I might go down like one seeker of the way. 
Um, it runs three Sarkin, and I, I, and I see why, because it's kind of a tempo deck where it's got a lot of plays that, um, like Sarkin or Butcher of the Horde that can just, you know, come out of nowhere and kill their planeswalkers. Yep. Um, but, and it's also just a great tempo play where you, you know, you, you play a Sarkin, you minus it, you kill their Brimaz, and now you've got a planeswalker yeah. and you've just gained a lot of pace that way. But I've, I've been thinking about cutting down on those and either switching to depending. I mean, it's all going to depend on what the metagame looks like in the right. next two weeks. If, if everyone's still playing white, then I would maybe switch to um, Stormbreath Dragons. And I think Kent Ketter played a deck similar to that at the most recent open and got ninth place, hmm. uh, which seems to be just what he does. I think he got ninth place at consecutive invitationals this year as well. That's a uh, bummer. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's, it's, that's pretty rough. It's like uh, if you're not first, you're last. But if you're ninth, you're really last. Yeah. Ugh, that's brutal. Um, so like, I think he cut down Sarkins or so the deck runs three Sarkins and I think basically the only swap he really made, and I'd have to look at the deck list, but he cut two Sarkins and ran two Stormbreath Dragons, which makes sense since like a lot of decks are running white right now. And, uh, Stormbreath, even though it has haste, it, you know, it can't be attacked directly by creatures. Um, the other thing I might cut down on the Butcher of the Hordes cause I could just never find a great time to cast them for for value uh so i might run like knock one of those down and maybe one or two of the sarkins for storm breasts and uh maybe maybe a few main deck brimazes or maybe even chandra i'm not sure uh i'd still have to mess around with it a little bit but uh, i think mardu midrange is the best deck currently um it can play the aggro role very well it's got goblin rabble masters a whole bunch of burn and it you know just has every single card represents just a ton of pressure even the kill you know it's it doesn't have Thoughtseize as, you know, Crackling Dooms, which still uh, deal damage. Every every single card can pressure the opponent. The, the only really reactive cards in the whole deck are, like, Chained to the Rocks, um, which is just the most efficient reactive card you can have, uh, just because uh, that that's kind of what you're trying to set up for. It's like a turn four where, you know, you chain to the Rocks, whatever they played on turn three or turn four, and then cast your Goblin Grabble Master and get in for, for one or whatever, and that's just what the deck's about, it seems, and uh, it, it, it could, it, it, it finds like every card in the deck is really good at breaking serve. So it's got some of the best kill spells in the format. It's got a lot of aggressive creatures, which I'm good at playing. Um, so it can play the aggressive role really well. It's good in the mid range because it's not drawing Thoughtseize and carry added in the late game. Mm-hmm. And it can play the control role pretty well versus, uh, the aggro decks because it's running so many lightning strikes, magma jets, uh, seeker of the way, um, you know, Hordling Outburst is great at blocking. Uh, Sarkin can kill something. Uh, Crackling Doom, which is not great versus aggro decks, but it's really, really good against all the heroic decks running around. Yeah. Just because God's Willing is... It's like, who cares? Right, right. <laughs> um, either, yeah, you don't want them to have any of their creatures, so being able to just get rid of one, like, no questions asked, is, is pretty yeah. solid. So, like, when they're trying to just build up one giant creature, you just get in there with that crackling doom four up it's pretty good and then it gets to run anger of the gods in the sideboard so uh yeah i i i like it a lot it's got a great matchup versus um aggro mid-range and control so far at least yeah so uh that's probably the deck i would i would pick right now nice yeah so i mean there are a couple cards i've been trying to figure out like if they have a place in the green black constellation um mm-hmm. 
or at least in like maybe the sideboard and and also just something i've been i was just thinking about while you were talking uh, despise like oh yeah is despise ever gonna find a home like oh blue black control is it yeah hmm it's it's great versus here's the problem abzan midrange was the most popular deck right but that seems to be changing right now um it's despises great against them because that's basically all they run is you know that's the only thing you're afraid of is creatures and uh, planeswalkers so um, it's fine versus them and I mean the only the only decks that would really be able to find room for it I, I think would be um, abs in mid range out of the sideboard sideboard or just blue black control mm-hmm. I don't I don't really see too many decks running it main yeah it's it's I don't know like you got the just guy combo deck and being able to take their creature, because a lot of times they are just building up one big old creature, you know, and just being able to snatch from, although it usually comes down turn one. Which yeah, is that's the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, all they have a lot of redundant creatures, and they all come down turn one or two. They really do. I've played against that deck. I was like, man, because, you know, by the time I was able to, because I was like, okay, now it's my turn. You've already got your creature down. Uh, take your ascendancy, obviously, but you still got like three pump spells in your hand. This isn't good. Yeah. <laughs> it gets crazy. Um, so uh, I, when I built my deck, um, I actually had three Murderous Cut and one Hero's Downfall, which actually I never drew. So I can't say that whether or not the Hero's Downfall is actually good. Um, but I just put it in. I don't know if I need it, though. I think four Murderous Cut is just fine. All the other decks were running four Murderous Cut. I don't know how scared I am of like Elspeth or or uh, Sarkin, you know? I don't know how totally scared I am of those cards. Um, but it was in there kind of as a or as a consideration. Yeah, I mean, I guess it just depends how many kill spells you want in your deck. Um, if it's more than four, then sure, start adding the Heroes Downfalls. If you can get to double black on turn three. I have no problem hitting double black, I think, in that deck ever. Uh, between Karyatids, um, Temple, there's some basic swamps in there, Urborg, and, oh, okay. um, and the uh, the Llanowar Wastes. Like, I don't think I have any trouble hitting double black. I think there was like one or two games where I might not have had double black right away, but it's pretty much there when I need it. Um, uh, what was the other card? Oh, yeah, so Hornet Nest might be a consideration for the sideboard. Um Right now, like, I just copied, I, I mean, you know, I net-decked pretty much, mm-hmm. made some changes based on what I had available to me at the time. Um, not too many, though. Uh, but the sideboard of this one um, Constellation deck I was looking at had four Arbor Colossus in the sideboard. Now, why? Why Why would somebody do that? I'm, I'm curious. I'm asking you, because I don't know. Uh, Butcher of the Horde? But if they've got Butcher of the Horde, they've got Crackling Doom, right? And that's easily sure. be your biggest creature. Like, w- wouldn't you want to just run Murderous Cut or, like, Heroes Downfall in its place? Uh, maybe. I mean, the, the, the deck you're running is trying to build an overwhelming board advantage. Yeah. It's not, it's not really a control deck. Right, which, so... is why, which is why Noble Quarry. Noble Quarry. Sure. <laughs> That's not, I mean... <laughs> it's not a bad idea. It's really not. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking about Noble Quarry. I had it in my hand last night, or, or, or two nights ago, when I was building the deck, and I'm sitting there like... 
Oh, it's a bad idea. It's just not. It's just I wouldn't I wouldn't completely dismiss it a hundred percent. Keep it in the back of your mind, not the back of your deck. Because you can even you can even you can even whip it up in one turn, and it's just like I win. <laughs> it is a cool sideboard option. Yeah, it is. I think I'm gonna st- I think I'm gonna go with it. I think I'm gonna I think I'm going to run it. Um, cause it, cause I think in my honest opinion that it rates very highly on the Scoville scale. Oh God. <laughs> it's, it's pretty spicy. You started it. Um, <laughs> God, I said that. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Um, yeah. So I wasn't impressed with Bioblade out of my sideboard. Like I was saying before, um, Every time I had it, I felt like it either wasn't going to kill the thing I needed it to kill, or they had some way to like prevent it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if they God's willing the thing you're targeting with Bile Blight, that's a, it's a pretty big blowout. Yeah, it really is. Um, the ma- and it makes me think that something like Dead Drop, even though it's so expensive, <laughs> yeah. of, a, of a, you know... But I mean, but it's not super expensive for a deck like this, especially where you're, you know, milling yourself. It um, is super expensive. But Don't even fool if, yourself. But listen, man, like, what is it? Like one black and nine? Mm-hmm. Isn't that right? Is it one black and nine or is it one black and eight? What is it? It's nine. Yeah, well, even though it's one black and nine, like, if you can, if you can get rid of five cards, it's the same as Barter in Blood. You know, it costs the same as Barter in Blood, and Barter in Blood was a great card. And like, yeah. and it's the same thing with Crackling Doom. I can't play Crackling Doom, but I can totally play Dead Drop. You know, and if you're looking for something that's going to get around God's Willing, I think Dead Drop might not be a terrible option. And I'm only now just realizing this t- in this conversation. You know, it's not something like I had prepped to like come out and defend. Like I, I didn't, but like. When we've been talking, I'm just like, well, you know, Dead Drop does what Crackling Doom does for for Mardu, but it does it to two creatures, and, you know, and it could cost one. Yeah, but I mean, what deck do you want that against? Against, like, Jeskai Ascendancy combo. No way. No, they run a Crone Crusader. But they run God's Willing. Yeah, so let's say they have one creature out that they've built up, and they have a Necron Crusader, and you cast Dead Drop. They respond, God's willing, on the Necron Crusader, sack a Crone Crusader and the token. But see, this is the thing, is that a Crone Crusader doesn't stick around long because of Doomwake Giant. You're not going to have to mm. worry about a Crone Crusader. It's the one twos and the O fours that this deck has a real big problem with. The one two, like a Crone Crusader, was never on the board at the end of a match when I played <laughs> when I played against the deck. Yeah, like, can't, can't you just ignore an O four? Aren't your creatures like big enough to just like ignore them? Isn't that the whole point of the deck that you play these giant guys? Yeah, but it's not an 4 forever, and and it you know it pumps, it pumps, it pumps. The first strike is such a blowout. Um, the defiant, defiant strike or whatever is such a blowout. Coordinate um, assault. Coordinate assault. I haven't actually seen anyone playing, but uh, but why? <laughs> why aren't they playing coordinated assault? It's so good. The the boss slide decks were. Were they? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I um, Alec didn't have any of his commons or uncommon, so I basically traded him like everything for the ascendancy deck except for the lands and the, mm -hmm. the except for the rares, basically. Um, and and I I traded him for coordinated assaults too. I was like, I know you're not like this isn't this isn't in the list you sent me but i don't really know why so here they are <laughs> you know like pretty much was like take these take these you want them because <laughs> i think it's a good card i think it could it could uh easily see play in that deck i guess it's because it doesn't draw a card like almost all the target yeah. cards cycle in that deck they do and that's the biggest pain playing against that deck um yeah. but they don't run a lot of removal maybe Oh man, what's that card called? The uh, Spirit of the Labyrinth. <laughs> That's not that is, bad, actually. That is an awesome sideboard card against that deck because they run like zero removal. Sp Spirit of the Labyrinth should be in everyone's sideboard that runs white if they're worried about this deck, which I think they should be. I think everyone should be worried about this deck because it's uh really good. But yeah, they draw a lot of cards. And, you know, especially with the Ascendancies. But even without the Ascendancies, they draw a ton of cards just off their spells. I Maybe. Like I, I'm not sure I like it in Standard. Oh, I think it's fine. I think it's better in Standard than... Uh, I played it in Standard last season, and it was really good. Like, I played it against the Blue-White Control deck. And they were just kind of like, oh, uh... <laughs> I mean, like, you know, eventually they deal with it. But it really did screw them up for a couple turns. So... Too bad I'm playing Abzan Constellation. Oh, that would be so sick. You could. It won that GP. Oh, yeah, it did, didn't it? Well, it was like Reanimator, kind of. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. The thing I really liked about that deck was just that it ran the uh, Spirit of Theros to make mm -hmm. all your mana dorks just a million times better. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the problem with all these, like, ramp decks is, like, there's no Gavany Township to, like, actually you know, whenever you're in the mid to late game to actually you get some utility out of your mana dorks. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, Seder Wayfinder is very unimpressive once it does its little ETB trigger. Yeah. But, but once it's got three, three first strike lifelink, I mean, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. It's really not. Uh, yeah. Cause oh, I you, you could run fate unraveler instead of spirit of the labyrinth. <laughs> what does that one do? <laughs> I probably shouldn't even read it. It's, <laughs> It's three and a black for a three four. Oh, is that whenever they draw a card, they lose a life? Yeah, it deals one damage to them. Oh, that's <laughs> so bad. It is really bad. <laughs> that's not even good. Like, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, maybe if they're going off with like retraction helix and like, they're not even doing that anymore though. Yeah, it's no. That's that's not my best work there. <laughs> but if you had dictate of crew, no, I'm joking. Let's stop. Fate Unraveler, huh? Four of, sideboard, it's time. Doing it. No, I'm not. I'm not doing it. No. <laughs> what about, um, oh, Silence the Believers? I considered it. I considered it, like, as a one of uh, the same way that I had the Hero's Downfall as a one of in my sideboard, you know? Um, I had considered it. Um, I, I think that I don't know. Hitting triple black isn't impossible, but the thing with this deck is this deck isn't a Nykthos deck. Okay. You know, it's really not. Nykthos is in there for you to have a couple, like have a big turn, but 
um, I don't really think that Silence of Believer, Believers factors into that big turn. I think you really more want permanence, and you want to be able to like reanimate a permanent, and then maybe play something out of your hand, and uh, maybe maybe use a murderous cut to clear out a blocker. But like, I think that like after you do all the stuff you want to do on that turn, like you're not going to have seven mana to also clear out creatures or whatever. Mm. Um, it never felt like I would have enough mana to to cast it effectively. Um, what about instead of Noble Quarry, you ran Archetype of Finality? That's the Hexproof? No, nah, no. Nah. All your creatures get Death Touch. Mm. That's kind of like an overrun. Yeah, a little bit. How not much really. does that one cost? That one costs six. <laughs> six, yeah. Well, it's not as bad as the uh, as the hexproof one, which is like eight. Yeah, <laughs> that that one is pretty bad. Um, but you, but the, the only reason why, like, and you know, and I'm and I'm not like laughing you off on that suggestion either. But the only I, reason okay. why I wouldn't consider it is because you're already running three hornet queens, which make five death touch death touch creatures each. Uh, yeah. You know, so that kind of doubles as a finisher and like a death touch blocker. Um, I, I want to find a home for Satessan tactics back in the uh, in the seventy five, uh, because I had a lot of hornets out like throughout the games and I was like, man, if I could clear off their board, it would be really nice. Um, but a lot of times you're just able to go, uh, uh, swing a couple times and they're dead. So I don't know, but it's death tactics does pump things. So you could just pump and then lethal. Yeah. I don't know. There's, there's some, there's a lot of options. I love the basis of the deck though. Um, I, I've, cons- you know, I've considered everything I can sit, you know, me, Mm-hmm. I consider everything when I'm playing a deck. I consider every option and almost to a fault. So yeah, so I think we've got our decks pretty set. I think you should play Mardu Midrange. If you think it's the best deck, you should play it. But I know what's going to happen. Oh yeah, we already do. We I know start. exactly what's going to happen. The weekend, the, the, the couple nights before, you're going to have a couple beers. Mm-hmm. You're going to be sitting in front of your computer. Yeah. You're going to be looking at the daily of the, the 4-0 deck lists on Magic Online, you're going to mm-hmm. find some quirky deck yeah. that went 4-0 for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and you're going to play 10 games with it, you're going to wind up getting lucky, you're going to beat 10 opponents, and you're going to play this deck, and then you're going to go, I should have played you're going to play a deck because you think it's the deck that beats the deck you should have played. Yeah. And then you're going to play the deck you shouldn't have played, and you're going to lose to the deck you should have played even though you're playing a deck that you think beats the deck you should have played. Something like that. <laughs> so if you think you should play Mardu Midrange right now, mm-hmm. it's probably the best idea to just play Mardu Midrange. It's a good deck. Or or I, I want to try Abzan without any of the Thoughtseize or Ramp. And I like that idea, too. I really do. Um, I almost feel like I could cut Mystics from my, from my Green-Black Constellation. Um... Because it's, I don't know, Mystic's really good, obviously, but it's not really what the deck wants to be doing. Like, I almost want to put, like, Brain Magan in its place. <laughs> um, which would be nuts. Uh, and I'm aware of that, but I don't think I care. Um, That's actually not crazy. You're running, what, four? You're running four each of the Constellation uh, enablers. The uh, Eidolon and the um, Doomwake Doom Giant, right? I'm only running three Doomwake right now main. But I'm probably going to run four, because I always wanted more of them. They're so good. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that, that takes the sting a bit out of uh, top-decking one of those if you have either of those guys out. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. That is very true. Hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a consideration. There's other things I could consider, too. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But right now, right now, I, mean, I agree with you. Like, with a deck that's running, like, 12 basically dead things, if, you know, if you draw them late game, having something like a Brain Maggot would be nice, because at least you can cycle it if you've got Eidolon out. Or you can draw two cards off of it, which drawing two cards for a black and one is sign and blood, and with board presence left behind. So, uh, there could be worse things to be doing. Um, so, anyway, so moving on, um, you wanted to kind of just briefly uh, talk about Fetchlands, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, like, I posted this in the, the team, like, I guess, was it, board, I guess, on Facebook? Yeah. Um, just on running them, the number you're running of them, and, like, what you have to keep in mind when you're playing with them. Uh, just as it relates to the two decks I've been testing recently, the Sadisi Whip and the Mardu Midrange deck. Uh-huh. So, just, and I got, I think I, there's a couple questions on it, but it was like, so in the Mardu Midrange deck, it is a three-color deck, and you are running Chain to the Rocks. Right. Um, <laughs> which normally you need a lot of mountains for, but mm-hmm. you can cheat on that because it runs six basic mountains and four fetch lands. But just you have to keep that in mind. Even if you don't have a chain to the rocks in your hand at the time, you could always just top deck one. So even if you have like six six lands out, you can, you know, cast a triple red spell, but none of them are actual basic mountain. You know, just go ahead and fetch that mountain. Just <laughs> that's just something you have to keep in mind um, whenever you're playing uh, change the rocks, uh, just because I learned that the hard way multiple times where <laughs> I had, I had it in my hand. I fetched the swamp cause it's like a one of in my deck, even though I had no black cards in hand, but I had changed, uh, change of the rocks and I went to go cast it and I had like five lands out and I could, I could cast, um, yeah, I, I had multiple red sources, but none of them were actual basic mountains. So, uh, that's just something to keep in mind. The thing also mixes fetch lands and, uh, scry lands, but there's actually a really, really good article by, um, I don't remember the guy's name. <laughs> I'll have to find it. Uh, he got second, not this, uh, at the most recent Pro Tour, actually, and won uh, two Pro Tours. But Sean McLaren. It was a good, uh, it was just a good refresher on the com- combining Scrylands and Fetchlands, just because um, even though statistically it doesn't make a huge difference, I hate scrying a bunch of lands to the bottom and then having to fetch because then you're just shuffling them back. Right, right. Um, it's not as bad as if in the beginning, if your mana screwed and you're scrying a bunch of, you know, gas to the bottom of your deck, mm-hmm. then, you know, by all means, you know, fetch away. But um, if you have no other reason to do it, then, you know, you might want to hold off. You have to keep in mind just how many lands you've scried to the bottom when you're combining uh, scry lands and fetch lands. So those are the uh, the only thoughts I had on the Mardu midrange deck. And then for Sidisi whip deck. Um, it's running three fetch lands and three targets. So, <laughs> and a bunch of cards that mill. So just, you know, keep an eye on your graveyard and make sure you haven't already milled, uh, all three of your targets. And I, I tend to be a little bit more aggressive with fetching early just to make sure I don't accidentally draw it mm-hmm. and then <laughs> not have a land drop basically. Right. So right. yeah, I think it has, it runs three polluted deltas, one, one island and two swamps, I want to say. So, um, you know, just keep that in mind because, yeah, I've also made the mistake late game. Tried, went to fetch and just missed a land drop, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it No, it wasn't even late game because I was making my fifth land drop and I'd already milled them all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so, so yeah, in that case, you know, don't, don't despair. You can still run it out. Um, if you have no other lands to play and just keep it in hand until you draw like a courser, cause it runs four courser crew fix. And then you could just use it as a pay one life, shuffle your deck. If you don't like the top card of your deck. Yeah. Um, and also when you're doing that, uh, if you have courser in play, um, I don't know, it might be obvious, but, uh, Unless like there's there's almost no reason not to wait until the end of your opponent's turn, so they don't get to make any decisions during their turn, uh, with knowledge of what you're going to draw. If you plan on uh, cracking to shuffle your deck, so uh, just make sure to do that at the end of their turn, so they don't get to make any decisions utilizing that information. Right, right. <laughs> so those are those are just some of the basics I've picked up over the last like week, just playing some fetch lands. Yeah, I, I'm. The deck I'm running runs, like, six basic forests and, like, three fetch lands, so it's not really that much of a problem. And then fetch lands are great for me because I can just fill my graveyard up uh, for, uh, you know, I, that was one of the greatest things. I was like, wow, okay, a fetch land, that seems dumb. I was like, oh, now I can make my murderous cut one cheaper. You know what I mean? So uh, being able to fuel delve is really, really awesome, so... Yeah, that was the same thing with because uh, the Mardu mid-range deck runs one murderous cut, and it's just been amazing each time, just because it's only you only draw the one. Um, so you, you know you play just a couple fetch lands and you know a couple burn spells, and you're setting up for like a turn four where you get to you know you get a lot of tempo where you get to play your three drop and also murderous cut whatever their blocker is. Yeah, yeah, that's just really sweet. Yeah, I, I love murderous cut. It's just one of the best cards. All right, so, you know, the problem with doing a podcast every other week is that uh, things happen, and then you talk about them a week and a half after they happened, so... Stupid time. Yeah, why do you pass time? Um, So, uh, you know, two days after our episode posts, uh, PAX Australia happens, and Wizards makes all these really sweet announcements. So uh, it's, if it's new to us, it's new. So you're hearing about it for the first time because this is the only place worth hearing about it. <laughs> yeah, these are our exclusive spoilers. Exclusive. We got two of them. These are the most exclusive spoilers we'll ever get. Um, so, um, and these are Fate Reforged spoilers, right? Not Dragons of Tarkir spoilers, correct? I do believe they're Fate Reforged spoilers. Okay. Yeah, next set. S- sweet, yeah. So, um, the first of all, they uh, they had a panel at PAX Australia, and, Matt, and they announced that the third set's going to be called Dragons of Tarkir, um, which will probably have at least five more dragons than uh, Dragon's Maze, hmm. um, because I don't think they are in the... I don't think they really feel like making that same mistake twice. Yeah, but no, it was dragons in the possessive, not not in the plural. Right, but where was the dragon? Niv- it was Niv-Mizzet. Where? Why wasn't he in the set? It was really dumb. Yeah, yeah, but it was focusing on the maze. It was the maze of that 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 was owned by the dragon. So the maze is the you know that was mazes in that was the, that was the feature. You know how people have mazes, right? Mazes end, yeah. From oh the... my god, I just got it. Why they have corn like mazes that you 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 know for Halloween you go to the cornfield and there's like a maze because the Mayans called corn maze. Do you think that's why? 
why they make the mazes out of corn instead of other uh, agricultural products? In the words of Tina Belcher, uh, okay. my heart, my brain hurts. My brain hurts. <laughs> it hurts so bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just amazed by that fact. <laughs> Uh, uh, this is your job. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> All the god awful pun work. Oh, wow, wow. Did I tell you about the one I had uh, when my friend Tim was in town that I didn't even know I made? So we were at Kubi's. Um, if you're not familiar, Kubi's is a uh, German like restaurant, and it also is a German grocery store and deli counter. Um, they've got so many amazing sausages and meats and all this great stuff you can get. And it's just one of the most – and then the, the food is delicious. Uh, we usually go there for breakfast. So we went uh, – when my buddy Tim was in town from Baltimore, we went there for breakfast one morning. And we're talking uh, at, at breakfast, and I'm like, hey, dude, I'm like, after this, do you want to head over and, like, check out the meat counter and the grocery store? And he's like, well, you know, maybe, and whatever, blah, blah, and I was, And I said, and I said, well, there are worse things we could do. Uh... And he laughed, and I went, what? And he's like, that was a pretty good pun. I was like, what pun? Like, I was so serious. I didn't even know I went, I did it. I was, it was just like a subconscious pun. Because I, 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 it's not even proper English. There are worst things we could do. That's not even proper English, but I just said it, and I didn't even know I made a joke. I'm just that in tune with puns. It was terrible. Couldn't believe it. Anyway, let's move on. Um, so, uh... Dragons of Tarkir is the third set. Mm-hmm. Um, second set, obviously, is Fate Reforged. Um, Fate Reforged, apparently, was a thousand years in the past. Yeah, so it's a thousand years in the past of Cons of Tarkir. Hmm. And so, yeah, it's it's Sarkin. He's going back. He wants to save his homeboy, Ugin, from Nicol Bolas. I guess Nicol Bolas killed him or something. I don't know. And so, apparently, something happens where he tries to change Fate. He changes Fate. And then now, for dra- for the third set, you go back to the cons of Tarkir, except now he's changed the past, and there's dragons again in the present day. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I think. That's, I mean, that, that wasn't like exactly what they said, but... That's pretty cool if it is. I mean, that's a cool little story. I like it. Um, and uh, so first of all, we got a couple spoilers for, uh, for Fate Reforged. Um, we got Crux of Fate... Which is, I'm guessing that's a mythic rare, right? Nope, regular. Oh, it's a regular rare? It looks like a mythic rare symbol, but... I can't actually tell. That's a good point. But if it clears out only dragons or only non-dragons... Yeah, but that's just like a mass calcifier. Oh, it's a rare. It's a rare. It's not a mythic. Okay, I thought it was a mythic for some reason. I don't know why. Um, But the... uh... Crux of Fate is uh, two black and three. It's a sorcery. Choose one, destroy all dragon creatures, or destroy all non-dragon creatures. Um, depending on how playable the dragon creatures are, uh, this could be really bad or really good. I think it's really good. I think it's really good. Zero dragon creatures in the set. True, true. I mean, destroy all non-dragon creatures. If they're not, if nothing's a dragon, then yeah, it go, it kills everything. 
Um, I mean, yeah, blue black control needs a sweeper so bad. Yeah, it's really true. I and, mean, there's a, there's a lot of decks right now. I was playing against like a Sultai control deck, and they had to stoop to Aether Sprouts. Sprout, God, uh, Spouts. Nope, 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 <laughs> nope. You'll never get to call it Aether Spouts again, dude. I know. That's it. Ugh, <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, I think it's really good. Uh, did I buy eight copies of Crucible of Fire as soon as I saw this? Yes. No, no. Yes, I did. I did. But you're going to cut this part out. No, I'm not. You know, nope. embarrassed. Nope. I don't care. How much does that card cost? It was like, they were like 40 cents each. And like, I spent like four bucks or something on like eight copies of a card that. How many mana does it cost to cast? Four. So <laughs> you want to spend your fourth turn making all your awesome dragon creatures. Awesome. Plus three, plus three, bro. It's huge. It's a lot of big. Glorious Anthem only gives plus one, plus one. And it was for aggro decks. And and it was really good. Unless they, like, somehow reprint Slumbering Dragon. Pick a three-drop dragon, dude. Slumbering Dragon's a one-drop dragon. I know, I know. But what if they make a three-drop dragon? Then, then the turn slum- for... Slumbering Dragon without last and all the plus one plus one counter shenanigans. Oh man! Yeah, they're gonna reprint that. It's gonna be sweet. <laughs> It'd be broken. <laughs> I don't think it would be broken. <laughs> no, I'm like, what are you talking about? Um. Oh wow. So oh 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 okay now now I get it. Okay. So, um, Yasova Dragon Claw is the old leader of Teamer. Yeah. Oh That's wow. A spoiler. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. All right, now that I know the story, I like it. Like, I, I think it's neat. Now, it's weird, because you've got, uh, I guess, um, go ahead and read Yasova Dragonclaw. Sure, Yasova Dragonclaw is the teamer con, but from a thousand years ago. And it cost, uh, she cost two and a green. And it's a 4-2 legendary creature human warrior. With Trample, and at the beginning of combat on your turn, you may pay one hybrid blue-red, hybrid blue-red, so three total. Yeah. If you do, gain control of target creature and opponent controls with power less than Yasova Dragonclaw's power until end of turn. Untap that creature, and it gains haste until end of turn. So you get to act a treason at the beginning of your combat if it's got power less than four. That's, I mean, I don't know, that seems pretty good. I mean, but it has to be, like, three. I mean, if, unless you yeah. have pumped, you're only taking control of a three power or not. You can't take control of a Siege Rhino. No, unless but, you have a Chief of the Edge out. It is a warrior. That yeah. is true. But, yeah, but, I mean, then you're playing four colors. Well, sure. I mean, you're going to be playing five-color Actually, that is colors. five colors. That's yeah. five. <laughs> yeah. It's... Wow. No, no, that's really bad. <laughs> um, Raider spoils. There you go. Sure. Again, you're still play, you're playing at least three four colors. colors. You're playing four colors there. Three to four, yeah. Three. Oh yeah, you could just be playing three. Yeah, because so bad. Yeah, so I really like the way that they're structuring um, the multicolored uh, cards in Fate Reforged. So there's actually they said this at the panel that there's not going to be any three color gold cards. Huh. So. They're going to have different ways that they can play into a multicolored theme. So, And this kind of plays again into the story because 
you know, in the present day, all the cons are separated and they're fighting against each other. So they have very distinct uh, color identities, I guess. And the, but in the past, they weren't at war with each other. They were working and fighting against the dragons. Huh. So it's more like everyone versus them. So it's the primary color of the clan, the, the, the clan, which is green. And then the activated ability is either red or blue. So you could you could be drafting just green blue, and because when we're drafting um, Fate Reforged and Constantark here, it's going to be one pack of Fate. So you start you start off with this, so you'll have like a lot more options, I guess, because you won't have to make as big a commitment to the to three individual colors in the first pack. Because hmm. if it's hybrid mana, you can either do red green or blue green, and still um, be open to you know cha- add an additional color in the uh, when you open the next two packs of cons. Hmm. No, I think it'll, I, I think it'll be really cool. Yeah, that's nice. I like it. So there's a new dual deck coming out in February. It's a dual decks Elspeth versus Kiora. What do you know? Uh, I like the fact that they've been doing a mid year uh, or like mid season. Two Planeswalkers that are standard legal, you know? It's been a really neat way for them to kind of keep the cost of standard down a little. uh, To give people a little more access to some of the cards that they would want to play. And also to drive sales on their their other products, right? Um, But having an Elspeth in there is pretty sick, so... um, Yeah, how expensive is Elspeth still? Elspeth is still at 30 bucks. That's crazy. Uh, but that's the thing, is that it's not February yet. Like, if you are playing with Elspeth this weekend, you need Elspeths. You can't be like, well, I'm going to get them in February when the price drops. The price hasn't dropped yet. So they're going to hold their value for at least a month or two. Um, but now is the time to start moving your Elspeths, honestly. Like, if you've got Elspeths and you need to get rid of them, get rid of them. Um, like, even Star City Games still has them on their buy list for, like, 18 bucks. So, um, I mean, it's almost too late, but yeah, well, it's definitely. almost, but now's the time. Start moving them now if you've got them. Oh, wait, I, so these don't come out till February. February, exactly. Yeah, okay. Like, if you're not going to play Elspeth, move it. You know, if you're going to play Elspeth, we'll keep them because you're going to need them anyway. But yeah, there's a window and it's closing. So get on it. I don't think we have anything else, really, do we? No. I mean, the whole pre release thing is really convoluted, and I'm not even sure if I got I understood it correctly. It's like it's a reward for you know they have those side events where it's like face face the Minotaur or whatever, right? Right. So is that actually what that is? That's neat. Yeah. So it's like instead of, uh, well, they'll have the side event at the Fate Reforged pre-release where it's like you'll do different tasks to heal Ugin or to help Ugin to you know save him or whatever, and if you complete a certain number of achievements, you actually get a reward instead of just I don't know I, I don't even know what the reward was previously. I think like just a high five or something. I think it was, uh, well, sometimes you got one of those little weapons or whatever, but uh, I think it was mostly like, uh, all right. Or you get an achievement on your Planeswalker points page or something. Oh, you might get that. Yeah. 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 But so this, you actually get an Ugin's Fate booster pack. And that is cool. Yeah. So it's like there's a pool of 40 cards, and I think most of them are cons of Tarkir cards, but some of them are Fate Reforged. And the... It's all, all it's all alternate art cards. So like all the um, all the Konzatarkir cards are like it's kind of like their throwback to um, time shift. 
Right. They're like right. they're like altering things, so it's like it's the same exact card. It's like Ghostfire Blade, but it's just like different art. And it's like Briber's Purse, but now there's like instead of bribing like a person, you're bribing this giant dragon claw. Like they're putting the the, the loot into that mm-hmm. uh, for the art. So it's just like it's just alternate art um, cards. So it's like it's basically art for cards uh, in cons and what they would look like a thousand years in the past or whatever. So it, is it is it a full fifteen card booster pack or is it just like a small booster pack? Um. Gosh, I took the notes and I can't remember. I think it's like three or four. Okay. Three or four cards, two tokens, and something else. Oh, uh, it's too bad. I was hoping it would be like a proper booster pack. Oh, and you could draft it. Oh, yeah. man. Because that would just be trading for those packs left and right. You know? like That just, would be sweet, but no. Yeah. Oh, oh well. But hey, it's better than nothing. It's better than a, a whatever, Planeswalker achievement. Um, but that's cool. I will actually play in the side event this time around. They won. They got me. I'll do it. I usually don't, but I'll do it. Yep. Um, can I just say, cause I had never seen it cause I didn't get to go to game day. The air of the wilds promo is the sickest looking art. Like, when oh, was that? Oh, I don't even remember. It was probably sometime last month when, like, Tim was in town or something. Oh, I was in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. dude. that Have you seen the art? Nah. Look at the art for the Air of the Wilds promo. It is insanely good. I'm not usually a big... I like the full art foils, but I'm not a big fan of, like, the full art non-foil cards. They're usually just kind of, eh, whatever. But this one just looks beautiful like it's just a total wow that's a totally different perspective they never that's so cool isn't that really cool like i'm loving that i traded for two of them the other day just because i only own two air of the wilds (laughs) so i was like i should probably get a set of these so i had two of them but now i need to buy two more or trade for two more of that promo because it's insane there goes the rest of my card kingdom credit (laughs) nice well, because they're having a sale on dual lands today, so oh, uh, I, I wow. cashed in. Nice. What'd you pick up? Um, Scrubland, uh, just the white, black, and the white, green ones. Oh, cool. Awesome. Those were like sixty bucks. So I was like, okay, because I have like um, the 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 I have like two hundred dollars or two ten in credit, so I got two of the Scrublands and two of the uh, whatever green, white ones, Savannas. Did you turn your Jeskai Ascendancies into dual lands? Yeah, man. <laughs> All day. That is unreal. That is so <laughs> good. That is so good. How come, like, how come I don't listen to, like, my friend who is an investor about <laughs> arts? Like, why don't I listen to you? Man. Yeah, but, you know, go ahead and get your crucible of whatever. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I think we're good, man. So, like, unfortunately, the timing works out. Where in two weeks we'll be back, and we still will not have GP'd yet. So, yeah, but we'll have tested. Yeah. We'll, so we we'll, so talk so, about there'll be GP uh, New Jersey with all the legacy stuff. So somewhere we've got to use I GP'd my pants because for some reason that just popped in my head and I was like, wow, that's really good, but we're not going to be able to use it because the episode after uh, the episode we're recording next is a week and a half after the GP. Mm. You know what it feels like to me? 
the pre-taped call-in show from this from uh, Mr. Show. He's like, if you're watching this right now, please do not call about dogs. That show was last week when we were taking calls about baby formula. Like and like and people would just be calling the whole time like about something that was like for the show that was that was like he's taking calls for like next week's show because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pre-taped. So it's airing. And then it was just really, really convoluted. But anyway, uh, we'll see you in two weeks when we're talking about, uh, whatever thing happened a week and a half after we recorded this tonight. So that's all we have for this week. Until next time we are. Yo. TG. Taps. Stop. Bitchin'. Just, no, stop. <laughs> Start brewing. I can't complain in my own lane. Never encounter fights with self-defense, leg swipes, alcohol, toss, molotovs, throwing dynamite. Now they get caught up in a hype for being so tight. Sag with your jeans was a mug right strike. Android thinking combined. Leroy Jenkins outlined the highest price. Hip-hop, you rep vaguely. I'm consistent, fresh, daily. I maintained a quiet life during open mics. Expectations is too high. Dreams holding it. I've lost friends and loved ones. Couldn't cope with it. Pursue music with a strength. Yo MTG Taps is available every other Thursday on LegitMTG.com, IWantMyMTG.com, MTGCast.com, and iTunes. Email us, yomtgtaps at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Tumblr, yomtgtaps.tumblr.com. Follow us on Twitter, at yomtgtaps. Follow me on Twitter, at omgwtfbhjftw. Follow Steven on Twitter, at m00npi. Follow Joey on Twitter, at affinityforblue. Featuring music by You'll Never Know and Logic Marsalis. Available at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.